I'm Rajiv Chandrasekharan, and this is Upstanders, stories of extraordinary citizenship in unexpected places. Food waste in the United States is staggering. Nearly 40% of our food supply gets trashed. And yet, many Americans still go hungry. Today, we're going to meet college student Maria Rose Belding, who created a website to connect food pantries. And that's just the beginning of her fight to save wasted food and feed the people who need it. But first, I'd like to introduce you to Howard Schultz. He's the chairman and CEO of Starbucks. We sat down together to talk about the hunger problem in this country. Howard, you know that one in six of our fellow Americans is facing challenges with hunger. And 48 million of our fellow countrymen live in homes that are classified as food insecure. I think for both of us, we did not realize the epidemic here. And it is an epidemic. You're talking about millions of Americans who literally do not have food on their table. The flip side, as we've also learned, is the amount of food that's wasted every single day in America. And the question that has been answered by this extraordinary young entrepreneur who is wise beyond her years was the innate ability to connect the dots and realize this problem could be solved. Once again, beyond anyone's understanding and against all odds. In some ways, this is not just a food story. This is a story of fixing a problem of misallocation in our society. And you have here a young person who sees a problem, sees a problem as a teenager, and sets about wanting to try to fix it. It's an extraordinary example of personal sacrifice on behalf of others. Here with the story is Sujin Pak. Prince George's County, Maryland, is home to nearly one million people. It's one of the richest places in the United States. So there's a perception that people don't have any problems feeding their families there. However, a lot of the residents still suffer with food insecurity and not having the money to buy food. That's Reverend Tierney Screen of the River Jordan Project, a community outreach nonprofit in Prince George's County. We respond to social needs as far as spiritual guidance. We also do health fairs, food distributions, clothes distribution, collections. Last fall, her organization prepared thousands of bag lunches for a big community event and planned to give one to each person who attended. We had to pre-bag 7,000 lunch bags that included fruit items, cookies, chips, things of that nature. And it's hard to estimate how much food would be needed, but we'd rather people go away with food than run out of food and they not have any. The day of the event, a rainstorm rolled through town and turnout was much lower than expected. So... We had to find a way to dispose of 3,600 pre-bagged lunch bags. Reverend Tierney went to her computer and signed on to the MEANS database, which stands for Matching Excess and Need. It's a new website that's helping connect leftover food with the people who most need it. I posted the 3,600 lunch bags approximately 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and by about 9.40 in the evening, they were claimed by a food pantry in our local area. The food pantry delivered the lunch bags to thousands all over D.C. Without means, all that food would have gone to waste. 
If we didn't have the Means database, the bags of food would have gone in the dumpster. Means addresses a problem that is especially close to Reverend Tierney's heart. I understand what it is to be hungry and not have the resource. I understand what it is to go to the refrigerator and it's just the light bulb on. I understand what that is because I have gone to bed hungry as a child. According to the NGO Feeding America, 15 million children go hungry each day, and an estimated 49 million Americans struggle with food insecurity. What that means is that at some point during the month, they don't have enough money to buy food, they run out of food, or they have to make a trade-off and go without something else they need in order to buy food. That's Maria Rose Belding. She's a college student and the co-founder of Means. She wants to end the hunger crisis in America. We waste 40% of our food supply. There is more than enough food produced in the United States to feed our hungry people. This is a problem that should have been solved decades ago. Maria Rose says food insecurity has far-reaching consequences. The hungry kindergartners have far poorer academic performance than kids in their same school, even ones of the same exact socioeconomic status. They turn into high schoolers who are less likely to graduate. They turn into parents who are more likely to have hungry kids themselves. And hunger doesn't discriminate. There are people of every religion, every color, that struggle with hunger. There isn't a portrait of what American hunger looks like because it's very, very diverse. Urban, rural, name the demographic, and it affects someone in that situation. She's only 20 years old, but she's worked to solve the hunger crisis for years. Maria Rose grew up in the small town of Pella, Iowa, where she volunteered at her church's food pantry. And I spent a lot of time in there. And I started to see that this town that I came from that was, by any stretch of the imagination, socioeconomically blessed, that we had people struggling immensely to put food on the table. And I remember thinking, if it's this bad here, what's it like in places with unemployment rates that are three times ours? She was especially concerned about how much food the pantry threw away. Most of the other volunteers were much older than I was, and our dumpster was outside. And if anybody ever had to go throw something away, I would offer to do it, which meant I had a disproportionate sense of just how much we were throwing away. Perfectly good food went into the dumpster because her church's pantry couldn't use it. For example, we would get a lot of macaroni and cheese. So we would give away all of this macaroni and cheese, and it would get to the point that our clients would say, we don't have the milk or the butter to make this. It doesn't do any good if you don't have the milk or the butter. They would reach out to nearby pantries to see if they could use the excess food. But... It was incredibly difficult to tell people in the next town over that we had a bunch of free food that we would like to give them. And it blew my mind that that was a difficult conversation to have. And then I had the thought, but the internet... (laughs) The internet exists. How is this still a problem? She wanted to make it easier for food pantries to communicate with each other about donating and receiving food. So, just 14 years old, Maria Rose set out to find a solution. I spent most of high school trying to build it, 
trying to see if anybody really was doing it, trying to understand the legal infrastructure, the tech infrastructure. So by the time I graduated, I had a lot of the ideas down, I had a lot of the research, but I didn't have a functional site yet. And the week after I graduated high school, I met Grant. And everything changed. I first met Maria Rose for the first time, I think on her first day in DC. And she looked over at my computer screen because I was sitting there working on a coding project. And she said, oh, can you code? Do you know how to code? That's Grant Nelson. He eventually became the co-founder of Means. After I admitted that, yes, I knew how to code at least a little bit, she almost immediately started pitching to me the idea of the Means database. At first, he was doubtful there was even a need for Means. My initial reaction when she pitched the idea of the Means database to me was that surely this is not a problem that phones have not already solved or that the email system can't solve. I drastically underestimated the degree of the communication problem inherent in the food recovery system. But Maria Rose's enthusiasm sparked his curiosity, and he did some research of his own. I was pretty shocked at how difficult it was to find something that was remotely related. There were food recovery organizations, of course, and they do great work. But what no one had built was a nationwide database that made it easy for food banks or people with extra food to simply say, I have food, here's what it is, which nonprofit wants it? And no one had built that exact thing yet. So we set out to build that. With Grant's coding chops and Maria Rose's knowledge of the food recovery ecosystem, the Means database started to take shape. But they quickly realized that they couldn't do it alone. I was about to enter my second year of law school, so free time was at a premium. I started working on the Means database around 10 p.m. most evenings. Maria Rose reached out across campus and found a few more team members. And it was very strange <laughs> because I, I was going to class and figuring out college and living in a dorm for the first time. And we had a bunch of staff meetings in the basement of my dorm freshman year. But it was really neat because for the first time I felt like I was surrounded by young people who really, really were passionate about social justice and really, really wanted to solve this problem too. They also found a mentor in the D.C. community, someone who could help them steer the ship. I had never met a 17-year-old with a business card before. That's Alexander Moore. He's the chief development officer at D.C. Central Kitchen, a food recovery organization with a culinary training program. He met Maria Rose after a talk he'd given on the importance of community service. And Maria chased me down uh, right after I was done talking, telling me about this incredible idea that she had developed that she launched when she was 15 years old. Uh, and I said, I have to be a part of this project. Maria clearly had a passion for making a difference in the fight against hunger. But more importantly, she had an idea and she had acted on it. Maria Rose now had a co-founder, a team, and an advisor. But as with most startups, the biggest challenge was money. So they entered a local competition in the hopes of attracting investors. Knowing we were up against for-profits and knowing that most of the judges were bankers and venture capitalists, thinking we did not stand a snowball's chance in a fire pit. And then we won. We were just blown away that this thing that we'd started to work on and started to build made sense even to people that had never been in a food pantry. After a few rounds of testing, 
they finally launched the site. So the way the Means database works is a food donor, that is somebody with extra food that they want to donate, goes on the website and they click post. As soon as the donor clicks post, we instantly notify all the food banks, food pantries, etc. nearby that are interested in that food because the categories line up and because it is within their area of interest. A food pantry can respond directly to the notification and arrange a pickup for the donation. But there was no guarantee that anyone would use the service. So the first time Means actually was used, I was sitting in Intro to Psychology, and I saw that an item had been posted, and it was beans. And I remember sitting there and going, oh boy, <laughs> like why, why did it have to be beans? Because they're not necessarily seen as a often requested or very popular food pantry item. It was the coolest thing in the world to watch it go and see the status change, say this item has been claimed by another user. And I, I did a little punch of happiness in, in class. Because I was like, it works! It worked! It's beans and it worked! Means had to grow rapidly just to keep pace with the demand. Every month since we've launched, we have added roughly 20% of our user base. So our growth has been truly exponential and blew me away. Since that first exchange in early 2015, Means has expanded across the country. We're now working with more than 800 individual organizations in 45 states. We're helping move thousands of pounds of food a month, both from retailers and in-between food pantries, food that otherwise would have ended up in the trash. One of the most remarkable things about Means, and a major reason for its success, is the team's tireless outreach. We thought for maybe 10 minutes that we could develop it and just set it free into the wild of the internet, and then it would be, it would be discovered all on its own. We learned pretty quickly that we needed to do that outreach and we needed to do that communicating. Cold-calling food pantries soon became the number one method for spreading the word about Means. We will call two or 3,000 agencies in a semester. Those they reach are usually excited to learn about means, and they sign up right away. The problem was... In some geographies, literally half of the phone numbers are wrong. Maria Rose knows she isn't the only one who's frustrated. There's only one other group of people calling this many food pantries, and that's the people who need them. That's incredibly unacceptable. Here's Alexander Moore again. The world of food banks and food pantries is extremely decentralized. Think about all the people in communities from Bangor, Maine to Spokane, Washington, have begun to try to fight hunger on a very local level over the last 50 years. These are people that don't necessarily belong to one unified association. And as a result, the data about them, the information about them, is extremely outdated and hard to get. To fix the problem, she's now created a new initiative within Means. We want to build the most comprehensive, correct, and updated directory of food pantries, soup kitchens, domestic violence shelters, and other crisis services in the country. The team is using its insights to build a nationwide database of emergency services. A resource like this is unprecedented. We're not going to be able to do it quickly, and it's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to do it. When someone starts a for-profit business that is successful, we talk about how smart they are. We call Bill Gates and Steve Jobs geniuses. 
When someone starts a nonprofit that is successful, we talk about what good people they are, talk about how kind and how caring they are. What Maria brought to the table was that passion, that caring, that nuanced understanding of people in need that we see in the nonprofit sector and blended it with the innovation, the strategic approach, and the data-driven philosophy that we now prize in the for-profit sector. Maria Rose knows that better food recovery won't solve the hunger crisis by itself. But by showing that progress is possible, she hopes to inspire more people to join the fight. If we had a crisis that was affecting one in six Americans, that was strongly associated with not finishing high school, not going to college, that was strongly associated with bad health outcomes, with mortality, with incarceration, with behavioral health issues. If we had a crisis that was doing that to one in six of us, we would be freaking out. And we should, especially if it's a solvable crisis. And that's exactly what hunger is. This is a really solvable problem. It's not going to be easy and it's not going to be quick, but we can fix this and we should. Howard, there's so many things about this story that so deeply move me. But one aspect of it I find so nearly unbelievable is that she has built this out. She's built out the means database, developed this whole thing with this whole team for less than $60,000. This has been a huge sacrifice. I mean, she's A, shown how you can create something create something digitally that's in use in 45 states in the District of Columbia, saving tens of thousands of pounds of food a year for, comparatively speaking, in the world of all of this stuff, not a whole lot of money, and has really made a big sacrifice to do it. This is a story about a young entrepreneur who is sacrificing everything, not for personal glory, not for personal wealth, but for the one primary purpose, to solve an epidemic in the country about the fact that people are going without food every day, every evening, and she's gone about to solve the problem with limited, de minimis resources except the power of her courage, personal conviction, and entrepreneurial spirit, and her heart, her conscience. Well, she's just displaying, as you say, the sort of entrepreneurial talent that leaders of great startups do. She is leading an unbelievable startup that if it was a for-profit idea, you fund it in a minute. And we should be funding it. You talk about unbridled enthusiasm, passion, leadership, personal courage, conviction, the recognition of being able to recruit people who have a skill base complementary to her own, sharing the stage, humility. She is a world-class leader, entrepreneur, and boy, uh, she's going to win. And she's going to win on behalf of others. That's the difference. We've been really lucky these past several months traveling the country to get to personally meet and know these upstanders. Every one of the people we've met has given us a gift, a gift that I don't think we expected. Our obligation, our responsibility is to share their story with the American people. And their stories aren't just stories of great heroism, defying the odds. But they're also stories of ideas. They've done things that are remarkable, and in their stories are great ideas that hopefully can scale. Hopefully, people in towns across America will 
think to what happened in Baldwin, Michigan, where people banded together to raise up enough money to create a scholarship program to send every high school graduate off to college. Or we'll think about the inner strength of a wounded veteran the next time they encounter somebody who's nobly served our country. Or we'll see the potential of somebody who may have spent a few years behind bars. These upstanders are helping us see our country in a different way. They're inspiring us. But there are ideas there that hopefully can scale. And even if it's not scaling a specific idea, I hope these stories lead people to say or ask themselves, how can I be more of an upstander in my own life, in my own community? People have asked us, are we sharing these stories because of the time we're living in? I don't think the answer to that is specifically yes, but we also can't ignore the fact that there is a lot of toxicity in our society today. And I think people are longing for authenticity and truth and things that remind them because they're real of the promise of America, the role and responsibility of citizens, and what we as individuals can do to help one another and to demonstrate the promise of the country, the true promise, which is opportunity. We may be a little unique in having come away from these past few months actually feeling better about America than we might have been going in. These upstanders, and not just these 10, but the hundreds of thousands like them across the country, they're the antidote to the toxicity. And I'm optimistic about the future of our country because of the experiences we've had with the many people we've been fortunate enough to meet. It's been an honor to once again travel the country sharing important stories with you. I wouldn't have anyone else by my side but you, Rajiv. Thank you. Want to see Maria Rose and the people she's helped? Go to starbucks.com slash upstanders to see the video. If this is your first time listening, we've heard some incredible stories this season, like that of Susan Rahr, who's reforming how police are trained, or Lloyd Pendleton, who's changing how cities look at homelessness. If you haven't heard those, go back and check out our earlier episodes. There are upstanders in every city and town who are fighting injustice, challenging the status quo, and creating opportunity. If you know someone who's making an extraordinary impact in your community, we'd love to hear about them and maybe even feature them in the next season of Upstanders. Go to starbucks.com slash upstanders to nominate an upstander in your community. Sujin Pak narrated our story. Casey Holford composed our music. This is a Starbucks original series produced by Panoply with Fanny Cohen, Andrew Chug, Margaret Kelly, Whitney Donaldson, Jordan Bell, Anne Hepperman, and Rob Bear. I'm Rajiv Chandrasekharan. Thanks for listening. 